Hello and welcome to Hardcover Hose, a long-distance book club where two book lovers express their feelings on their book of the moment via podcast. I am one half of your host, Sam Dixon. And I am Sammy Skorstad. Together we have combed through book talk, combined our to-be-read lists, and now we intend to make our way through them one book at a time. We'd love for you to come along with us and join the discussion. The book of the moment for today's episode is Queenie by Candace Carty-Williams. Just a forewarning for those of you listening, this is not a spoiler-free zone. We will be discussing this book in all of its glory, which of course includes revealing the ending. Candace Carty-Williams is a British writer, best known for her 2019 debut novel, Queenie. She has written for publications including The Guardian, ID, Vogue, The Sunday Times, Beat Magazine, and Black Ballad, and is a contributor to the anthology New Daughters of Africa, edited by Margaret Busby. Before we jump into discussing our own thoughts and feelings regarding this book, I'm going to go ahead and read through the blurb on the back of the book for the sake of contextualizing it. Quote, Queenie Jenkins is a 25-year-old Jamaican-British woman living in London, straddling two cultures and slotting neatly into neither. Mm. Um. (laughs) No, you're not supposed to be at work right now. (laughs) No, no, there's nothing going on. Sorry if you're triggered by the sound of Outlook notifications like I am. Um, (laughs) She works at a national newspaper where she's constantly forced to compare herself to her white middle-class peers. After a messy breakup from her long-term white boyfriend, Queenie seeks comfort in all the wrong places, including several hazardous men who do a good job of occupying brain space and a bad job of affirming self 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 self-worth it's hard for us to say self-worth apparently yeah you know we're both dealing with things um as as queenie careens from one questionable decision to another she finds herself wondering what are you doing why are you doing it who do you want to be all of the questions today's women must face in a world trying to answer them for her without further ado let's get into it okay uh we were very ahead in episodes for a while Mm mm-hmm and now we are, this is, Not. this is going out in four days. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we haven't recorded an episode like this in a while. Uh, yeah. And I think we should start off by, I, we've been wanting to start adding trigger warnings before we start talking about the yes. book. Um, and I forgot to write it into the script, but I kind of remember some big ones from this one. Like There are you so know, many. Jesus. Miscarriage trigger warnings. Mm-hmm. Um, sexual assault. Sexual assault or... And, like, things that are on the line of sexual assault, you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uncomfortable sexual experiences, Mm -hmm. racism. Mm -hmm. What else? I feel like, uh, what else? Like, cheating? I don't know. Cheating? No. Cheating? Yeah, that's a trigger for some people. It's a, yeah. Uh, Generational Um, trauma? Generational trauma, for sure. Mental illness. And not having... Necessarily support system to get help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a hard book. If- this book was really hard to <laughs> if read. If you haven't read it, go read it. If you're just gonna listen anyways, just be prepared. There's this is a this was dark kind of uh, and not in a way that I think we were expecting. Yeah, I went into this uh, blind pretty much. I I knew yeah. it was like twenty five year old black woman in London. Like I knew that. 
Uh, and I knew it was going to be kind of about like relationship with herself and sex and all that. I'm like, okay, cool. I, so I listened to this audio book. I was like, I had a rough therapy session the day I oh, started no. this <laughs> rough therapy session. And I was literally like, I'm going to go on my mental health walk on the beach and listen to my audio book. And like, this is going to be my self care. <laughs> and I'm walking on the beach, like crying, listening to this book because it was just, it, it, it's so difficult to read mm-hmm. slash listen to it's like yeah. there were times like i i texted you and i was like should we be covering this because i was like i don't know if i can finish this book yeah yeah well i remember i started it like a day or two before you or something mm-hmm. and you picked this one and i so i go into everything blind anyways but i was thinking you probably knew what it was about i did know, not know what, what it was about <laughs> and I, t- I remember texting you and being like do you know what this is about? Because uh, there's just a lot of really um, hard topics. This covered. is not a light read. It is not a light read. And I think it's like a bright neon color. It's like a very cute cover. You yeah. know, I was not thinking it was going to be what it was. Um, and I remember texting you and be like, okay. I mean, like, if you feel good with reading this and, you know, you're going to be okay reading this, then we can still cover it. And you were like, okay, yeah. And I was like, it's it's tough. Like, it's tough. But yeah, so, okay, we meet Queenie. Right. And she, right off the bat, she is going through a breakup with her boyfriend of about three years? Two or three years? Yeah. Um, But she's under the impression they're just going on a break. Right. Well, um, and more so than that, when we first meet Queenie, she's got her legs in some stirrups right at, yes at that the, gynecologist uh, at her yeah at the gynecologist uh and has found out that she had a miscarriage that she Flash didn't know is about literally going through a miscarriage right like right yeah yeah even though and she has an iud or something yeah like yeah she has an iud yeah. that's terrifying and she, you know there's so it starts off with something like i was like oh is this where the story is going because i know like that your body you know takes a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. and adjusts to trauma in different ways but especially if it's trauma from inside your body I know that can you know mess you up as well mentally Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I one one part just like very early on in the beginning was she says like I wasn't going to have a baby obviously but it would have been nice to have a choice yeah and so I was thinking like this is is this where this is going like that we are going to be seeing an exploration of just her trauma from having a miscarriage. And then it just gets worse. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, We, we, then we learned that like the man who impregnated her, uh, her white boyfriend, Tom, Mm -hmm. right. X, but we didn't know was completely an X because she didn't perceive the breakup as a proper breakup. And that's, Mm -hmm. That's like miscommunication to a T, too. Just the way that they both interacted with each other. Yes. Like, the, like they... And I think a lot of it, too, is, like, as we go through the book, like, we realize a lot of it is, like, Queenie's inability mm-hmm. to communicate right. and be vulnerable. It's, like, anytime she would, like, have her moments or, like, outburst or, like, I don't even... What did she call them? Where she would, like, lock herself in the bathroom instead of actually talking to him. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. But, yeah. But- I forget, she had like a word for what she called like those moments, I guess. But um, like she, that was a trend throughout their relationship. Uh, was like not really properly being vulnerable or communicating. 
Right. And ultimately kind of a big reason why Tom was like, I can't do this anymore. Like you don't let me in. And I mean, I think there were so many other issues with that relationship, but, um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, so after, before this, I was looking at, um, reviews on YouTube for this, um, by like some black booktubers, Mm -hmm. um, because I am obviously white and Sam is not black. And, um, (laughs) so I think like, and I was just like reading this and I was like, there are definitely like ways I can relate to Queenie like through mental illness and trauma and everything like that but like a big part of this book is her identity as a black woman and I can't relate to that so I did want to go and like listen to some other like some black voices and whatnot and one was um uh left on red on YouTube okay um I listened or I watched her video and it was like ultimately the reviews I saw, it was like, I don't know if I can recommend this book. Like yeah. mm-hmm. this is really traumatizing to read mm-hmm. and just the frustration with all of Queenie's action. But like the fresh, uh, the big thing was like Queenie would only be with white men. She hated, like she was afraid of black men mm-hmm. and like they kind of talk about why, It was like she saw her mom get abused by her – I think they – were they – yeah, they were married, her stepdad. Mm -hmm. Um, And Queenie kind of was at the hand of um, some of his abuse as well. Um, I think it was mostly verbal abuse. And – but it was like that should have been fleshed out more. And because – like because – it's like, okay, that's – it was like a very surface level – it was like, yes, there was one instant – or like this – obviously was a big thing very traumatic throughout your childhood to see that witness that and be victim to that but like she had love from her grandpa she had love like she i don't know so like i i heard in multiple reviews on youtube like a lot of black women who were reviewing or like reading this book like i take issue with that like that it that was really rough to read like i i get it but like they did not fully the author did not fully like flesh that out kind of like contextualize why yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's interesting yeah and like ultimately it was like okay like the writing was really good I agree Mm -hmm. the writing was really good the it was a page turner like I did want to keep listening to it but it was like every chapter it was just like Mm -hmm. oh my god fuck like stop please stop like this is painful yeah to listen to (laughs) yeah I recall when you finished or when you were reading it, you texted me and you were like, are men really like this? Yes. And I was like, for a moment, I forgot that like, you know, you've been in a relationship since we were teenagers, like babies, yeah. right? Yeah. So you I have haven't dated. Yeah. You haven't dated men, <laughs> like, like a, lot of, a lot of men. Um, you know, I am in a serious relationship now, but I've also, even when I was very young, dealt with like really horrible men and I think like that made reading this really difficult too yeah you know because you can see you know not every um like sexual assault experience or sexual harassment experience or anything like that is the same you Mm -hmm. know not Mm -hmm. to not to make the like snowflake comparison right but they're not all the same but yet there are very similar uh 
aspects that to a lot of be them. very relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on a larger scale. And I think like a lot of the behavior that we saw Queenie going through kind of looking for this affirmation from men Mm -hmm. um and in doing so she was bending herself to their will yeah uh literally to the point where you know when she went into a a, another doctor's appointment at the gynecologist she was getting a check she was getting a std check yeah right and they were like you show signs of sexual abuse like you have you such have bruise, severe internal bruising internally, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's like, I-, I just like it rough. Like she's just repeating, you know, this this rhetoric that she's getting from men because that's what men want to hear. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is really painful to yeah. read because, yeah, I, you know, I'm not going to speak for all women who've serial dated men, right? But. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's an aspect of we call it like the pick me girl syndrome, right? Where a girl, especially at um, or a woman, I should say, at at uh, a point in her life where she is trying to, you know, see, trying to be likable and mm-hmm. finding herself. The the likability scale is not always how do I make other women like like me, right? Mm-hmm. It's how do I be perceived by men in a way that's not negative? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the only way to do that is through, you know, a Sex. more sexual, yeah, yeah. Um, angle. Yeah. And I think we saw Queenie do that to a T, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a way that's very heartbreaking to read. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, oh, I forget it. I don't remember if I saved the TikTok or not. I probably liked it. But I saw a TikTok a few days ago, and um, I thought about it today when I was, like, reviewing for this episode. But it was, Mm. I hope all the men that I've slept with, like, during that time of my life realize Mm -hmm. that it was a form of self-harm for me. Right. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was, like, I did not sleep with you because I wanted to or because I liked it. Like, whether I was aware of it or not, that was my way of harming myself, which is not funny. And I'm only laughing because I'm trying to cope right now. But like, yeah, yeah. And I like, I think speechless. that's really... I've never heard anybody say that, but that yeah. is uh, <laughs> very uh-huh. explanatory of a lot of, you know. Yeah. And I think that really comes down to Queenie because like she didn't like the men she was sleeping with. No, she felt she would constantly comment on how gross they were to her. And but then constantly get back in bed with them or invite them over or respond when they texted at three in the morning or whatever. And like not say anything or do anything when they were being way too rough with her or doing things without asking her first. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God, when um, it was Guy, the Welsh one. Yeah. When Guy like stuck it up her ass without saying anything, she was like, she just like didn't. She just, like, let it happen, and then the next day was trying to convince herself that she liked it. Yeah. And that she wanted it, and it was, like, oh. Like, this is what you said, too. You were, when you were kind of preparing me for starting this (laughs) book, you were, like, there's technically, like, she's technically consenting to all of this, but, like, the state in which she's consenting is very questionable. Right. And, like, ultimately, there isn't a lot of, like, verbal consent. It's just that she's not saying no, which isn't 
really that's which isn't saying yes yeah no no it's definitely not the same um but she was not in a place she was 100 not in a place to be saying to be giving that like proper consent Um, yeah well and we and we realize right towards the end of the book that she's got a lot of mental illness that she's dealing with that in the beginning you know we can obviously see that but she doesn't see that Mm -hmm. and so since she's our narrator She's explaining away these behaviors that she's doing that are pretty manic, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, and reckless and endangering herself, but she's not viewing it that way. So we are not necessarily supposed to see it that way, but we do because we feel that it's not right, even though mm-hmm. she's saying it's okay, which I think is like one, a big metaphor for a lot of you know, discussions around like, oh, what is sexual assault and what is sexual harassment and what are the gray areas here? Um, And then in the end, you know, when she gets a a therapist and has a bunch of diagnoses and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. the rest of the book makes a lot, like the beginning of the book makes a lot more sense in an almost more heartbreaking way. Yeah. Because she can't take those actions back that were made, that were, you know, done in a state where she technically shouldn't have been able to say yes yeah yeah. you know and i saw yeah i saw like a tiktok the other day that was like uh about consent and it was like the a lot of times when uh women don't enjoy a sexual experience with men not like necessarily a like a bad in that right. case, in that sense, sexual experience, but like it is because bef- there's no, there's like a lack of communication, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like you and I have the same feeling about this when we're reading a book, but it's like so fucking hot when a guy asks, right? It is. <laughs> it's like it, there's something so like you know, even if you've been with a partner for a very long time, yes, I, like my partner asks about everything. He did mm-hmm. there. There is nothing ever done without being asked first, even if we're like moving or whatever, yeah. right? There's always a, a question, is this okay? Or mm-hmm. how is this? Even if it's not like, if, it, if it's said in a better way, right? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, and I think like a lot of times, it, there's like an awkwardness to sex where people don't necessarily feel like communicating is hot in the moment, right? Well, that's how it's portrayed in like all movies yeah. and a lot of other things. It's like it's supposed like it's it ruins the moment if you ask, but like yeah, no, but it really that doesn't. <laughs> no, and I think especially with girls with like sexual trauma in their past, which or are anybody, ninety-seven percent. Yes, women. any human. Yeah. I take that back. Not necessarily girls or women, but any yeah. human. With sexual assault in their past, it's like if you let them have some level, like enough control in that situation, like that is the only way that they will feel safe and like enjoy legitimately. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's, and I think we saw a lot of the consequences of that with Mm -hmm. Queenie. And I think, uh, again, like you said, this isn't a book that a lot of people say, I would recommend it. No. Like, I wouldn't, but it's not for the fact that I didn't like it. It's for the fact that if you are part of the demographic of people who are sensitive to um, this much of a an intimate sexual, not even, like, awakening, right? But, like, sexual yeah. reckoning with yourself of, yeah. like, I was doing this more for the trashy men that I was with than I was really doing for myself, but I was saying I was doing it for myself. 
but I wasn't. And now I have this like shadow over my past Mm -hmm. that I'm going to have to carry with me. And I wish I could take it back, but also I don't. And there's, it's, it's a lot of twisted, you know, ways of thinking. And I, you know, I think I saw myself in Queenie Mm -hmm. and I know I'm sure like, especially, you know, like you said, anybody who's undergone any kind of, you know, sexual harassment or assault in their life would also see themselves a little bit in Queenie. Mm-hmm. And that's a triggering experience. Yeah. So that that's my reasoning for not wanting to necessarily recommend this to people. Maybe men. Maybe men should read this book. Ooh, good one. I like that. Because <laughs> women are going to read this and go, yeah. That's what happened. Women are going to read this and want to cry and want to just throw the book across the room because it's like, fuck, I did not sign up to be traumatized by this dead piece of tree. Like, (laughs) what? But yeah, I think if, especially white men reading this, I think that could be. A lot of men need an eye opener. And this is one of those ones where you're like, it, you know, it's a lot about seeing from the perspective of another person, right? Which mm-hmm. men don't often try to do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and <sighs> this is a perspective where, you know, a lot of men don't get to see this side of it. They see a woman who's going to not say no necessarily to things that they want to do in the bedroom. And they're going to be like, she was the best for that, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And that's like fucked up because you don't know what's going on on the other side of on the other head you know and the thing is is like those men that she was with like she there were times where she was like very unenthusiastic and Mm -hmm. they just did not give a shit like to have yeah like for like i think that is like to have a man who's so just driven by his own need to have sex he's not even paying attention to his partner even like it's like those words are just enough where it's like a full body communication of yeah. like, yes, and there's like di- there's a difference between saying yes and like an enthusiastic yes. Like oh, absolutely is you know, and like there were times where like even though Queenie was saying yes, the rest of her was saying no, and yeah. they were not paying attention to no, like they just didn't give a shit. And not yeah. a single man tried any sort of foreplay at all. Oh my god! I want to add. <laughs> I was like, what? Like I know men are like this, like I've been there, done that, but like. <laughs> It is so wild to me that they truly think that they are going to be, like, the best lay of a woman's life when I didn't even kiss you once. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no warming up at all. I (laughs) Men have tiny brains, man. Like, their heads are small for real, for real. Um, And I think, like, one of those times that really got me was, who was the guy she worked with? What was his name? Oh, fuck. Um... I think I wrote it down. Ted. 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 When um, he, like, convinces her to, like, go into the restroom at work to have sex with him. That was coercion. That was full on. Like, she was saying Well, yeah. And she said, like, hold on. She's like, it's probably not going to. Hold on. I'm just not really warmed up. And you really need a sec. And then uh, he's already in her. Like, she's telling him, wait. And please hold on. Not to mention he finishes in, like, two seconds. Let's just, again, reiterate how horrible men are. Um, And then (sighs) runs off. Yeah. Leaves her in the bathroom naked from, yeah, no. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, ghosts her for a couple weeks because of his post-nut clarity uh, and And feels guilty about his wife. 
Yes, Jesus. his wife who was pregnant. pregnant. Wife. <laughs> God, like, scum bag. And this is like a reflection where you know you, some may look at this book and be like, I mean, okay, fine, but that's like a little dramatic, right? No, that happens. Mm-hmm. That happens all the time, all the time. Mm. And then he tried to get her fired. Yeah. And then when he, like, leaves the letter on her desk or whatever, and she just goes and puts it on her boss's desk, and her boss emails her and is like, he'll be out by Monday. Yeah, he's gone. It's like, well, fucking finally that you listen, right? Yeah. It and took then she physical evidence for you yeah. to listen. She had to. She was like, I'm sorry I didn't listen to you the first and time. that hurts more from another it woman. It does. It 100% it, does. It, like, if it was a man, like, obviously that hurts, but it's very predictable that yeah. that would occur, right? So it's not, like, shock factor. Right. But another woman believing the man over Mm-mm. you, a woman? Like, come on, dude. And I think a big just... part of that was, like, kind of alluding to black women versus white man. Yeah, absolutely. And, mm-hmm. like, that, that just fucking sucks. But, um... Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Ted. Because, like, he he was, he was pursuing her big time. Yeah. like, And she was kind of reluctant, like, okay, like, yeah, I guess, like, maybe I could actually like you. Because she wasn't looking to like someone. She was like, right. no, I'm getting back together with Tom. I'm, like, yeah. I'm just I'm looking just for sex. This. Yeah, exactly. And um, nothing real or whatever. And then she was like, oh, shoot, maybe I could actually like you. And she didn't like that. And then they finally have sex. And, like, her friends warned her, too. They were like, oh, you had sex? Like, he's gone. Like, he's yeah. he's not going to talk to you anymore. Yeah. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. And that's, I think that was, like, another aspect to this story, right? Is uh, Queenie's character has a group of friends. I was going to say a good group of friends. She has, like, she two, has a group. Two, <laughs> two good friends, right? Um, but even one of those friends is not black and so she sees you know racial inequalities and issues with policing and things like this not in the same light as queenie mm-hmm. what she was, literally what was that friend's name uh, cheska was the only one i remember because Ches- i like I her the was, most <laughs> that was cheska it was darcy darcy that's right darcy um so darcy she literally like um queenie brings up um i forget uh, which a, case a it was shooting in the u.s police shooting in yeah. the u.s and um darcy goes well what did he do and queenie's like nothing like well it was like even if he did something that doesn't warrant being sh- like killed yeah like and darcy like that initial reaction of like okay well what was he doing to like get that yeah. Like, oh no. And that and you know, this is a, also a realist. I think like this book was very realistic in all the, the worst ways. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> like because the rest of the book, like you really like Darcy. Like she's she says things at the right time, you know, she's a good support system for Queenie. Mm-hmm. But then you know, at the back of your mind, right, you have this premise that like, yeah, well, but she also can never like at the end of the, the day, she's not a black woman, so she can never perfectly align. No. her um priorities and passions with queenies yeah and so that you know hurts and then there's cheska who's my favorite before we move on to discuss the rest of queenie let's listen to a quick word about the brand sponsoring today's episode 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, let's continue the conversation. Yes, so Darcy, in a lot of ways, she was really likable, but as you said, she is white, and, like, I think also, like, just didn't try hard enough to, like, see from Queenie's perspective and, like, learn as a white woman about black issues, and uh, that was, like, that was frustrating to me. It was like, oh, God, you're going to say the, like, the worst thing or one of the worst things you could say in response to that, which we've all heard before, but yeah. like that was still it like, was not mm, shocking, disappointing. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, like <laughs> ah, disappointing. One thing though, it's like I did. This is something that some of the booktubers discussed too when talking about the friend group, because yeah. initially it was Cassandra, Darcy, and Cheska right. or yeah. Cheske. I don't remember. I don't know which, but so a lot of her friends were really not calling her out on her really self-destructive behavior like they were kind of like there to talk to and stuff Mm -hmm. but like like queenie's behavior warranted like a full oh yeah and and they were just kind of like okay who are you dating now or like oh that guy's trash but like move on and cassandra while she said it in the worst way possible (laughs) and said a lot of very hurtful things as well was the only one who was like what you are doing is not okay and you are not okay and you need help and this like again the way she did it and the other shit she said along with it really like canceled out the like oh being a good friend means you call your friends on your on their shit like this was way 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 too far obviously but like the her other friends really didn't do that and like Darcy kind of did it with like the work stuff like like Queenie you're blowing like you need to be stepping it up at work or you're gonna lose your job mm-hmm. so like Darcy kind of did that and Cheska was like very supportive in a lot of ways and like was able to relate to Queenie obviously like being her only black friend but like they really like she didn't have the type of this was like a like a lot of the friend like they were kind of more surface level friendships mm-hmm. in a lot of way a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, you know what I think of when I think of her friend group too is like um, <laughs> what's that called? <laughs> you know, uh, Venn diagram, Venn diagram. Okay. Um, they remind me of like those Venn diagrams where it's like you can only pick two qualities but not three out of the good qualities right Mm -hmm. so darcy is the one that queenie clearly doesn't tell everything to Mm -hmm. because darcy is often not reacting to things because she's not getting the whole truth right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay cheska is kind of the enabler but has the level of passion about social things that queenie Queenie wants in a friend Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and cassandra will tell it like it is but she is not kind yeah. Right? So they're together, if they were one person, those are all very <laughs> qualities to have in a friend. But because they are separate, it is you are getting one dose of each of those things in these people, 
And so in that way, none of them are reacting the way that they should be reacting, right? That is like an you said, excellent analogy. I right? Like, like, yes. like you said, Cassandra tells it like it is, but she also calls, you know, Queenie a slut for yeah. sleeping with the man who was cheating on her. While Queenie did not know that it While was her Queenie boyfriend. While Queenie did not yeah, know. That was, yeah. that was not cool. Nor that, was... that he was anyone's boyfriend, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So Cassandra tells it like it is, but also she's hugely mean about it and for not the right reasons because right. she's, she's you know, uh, insecure about what's happening. Right. Um, Cheska is kind of saying, yeah, fuck it, like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time is – giving queenie that level of let's go to a protest today let's Mm -hmm. you know i'll if somebody touches your hair in line i'm gonna beat their ass like this kind of vibe right and then darcy is very sweet right and like Mm -hmm. wants the best and success for queenie but at the same time lacks like the empathy and compassion for a white person to be friends with a person of color right it's like you can't have all three i guess (laughs) you can have in this scenario not in one yeah 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 which is, you know, hard, but also realistic, you yeah. know? Yeah. It's, it's hard to find a friend that has all of the the good things. Because, you know, right. some people just want enablers. Like, if if everybody in the friend group was an enabler to Queenie, the book could have gone on a lot longer of her doing a bunch of be- the shit she was doing, right? right? Carrying on the same. But at the end of the day, the stuff with Cassandra did kind of wake her up, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Excellent point. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, go ahead. I was going to say, so Queenie finally decides to go to therapy. She's yeah. hit rock bottom. Yeah, and she gets she, suspended at work. Because of fucking Ted. Fucking um, Ted. And she has to move out of her place and back in with her grandparents. Right. And who are very religious, tradition, like from... She's Jamaican, right? Yes, she's yeah. Jamaican. Um, and so their solution to a lot of things are it's just go to church and pray. Yeah. Or like those are the answers. And Queenie is realizing she needs therapy. Yeah. She's and, like, I think there's something here that's deeper than that. Yes. And um and she's not getting the support from her family to go to therapy, but she's like, I need to do this anyways. Um, which is like that takes a lot. Like that yeah. was like that was a moment where I was like, okay, have I actually? It's one of the first times I actually like Queenie. Like she's saying, like, no, this is what I need, and yeah. she does it, anyways. And that was like, because like, I think for a lot of the books, she was very. It was like, no, I just want to shake you. Like no, like see yeah. the light. Like you are, like making it so much worse for yourself. But that was a moment where I was like, okay, I really like good job, Queenie. Yeah, yeah. And so she finally goes to therapy. Um, and she's realizing she has some anxiety, some abandonment issues, Mm -hmm. um, overall, I think just situational depression, um, some, definitely some trauma. I thought there was going to be a specific thing that we found out about her past with the whole, like, nightmares where she fights in her sleep. Yeah. I think that's just a – I think that comes with general anxiety because, yeah. like, I m- move and flail my limbs in my sleep. Well, she – because it was, when like, the whole – yeah. <laughs> I think – but, like, the whole thing was, like, she had this nightmare where there was a black man, like, in her room coming for her. Oh, right, right. 
And so I thought there was going to be, like, I was fully predicting, like, shit, there's going to be, a, like, her stepdad, like, R-worded her or something. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be something like that, but we never, it, I think that was, it was just a general thing. But, like, from the dream she was having right, and the reaction to it, I was like, oh, there has there's going to be something specific that we're going to, like, mm. process in therapy. Yeah. Right. But, um. I thought it was it was so hard to read about her therapy sessions, too, because yeah. she very much was, like, going because she knew she needed to. But then when she was there, she didn't want to talk about her mom. She didn't nope. want to, like, talk about the important things that would have helped. And yeah. I, then that's also a real thing. Like, it's hard when you decide, you know, kind of begrudgingly that you need help to actually, mm-hmm. like, slide into being helped. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's a... Uh, it's hard, and like she said, to to tell all your life problems to one person, one stranger, right, who doesn't know you, mm-hmm. and for and you're paying them <laughs> to give them right. your secrets, right? It's. Uh, I mean, I I think for me, like, because I've been in therapy for God knows how many years at this point, but I've really noticed too, like the diff- like the people who go to therapy thinking just showing up is going to fix them. Yeah. Uh huh. Versus the people who go and it's fucking hard and it's like you're exhausted because Mm -hmm. you are bringing up the worst shit and you are like to a certain extent re-traumatizing yourself in order to process it. And like therapy is not like you don't walk – most of the time you don't walk away feeling good. Like it is hard to go back every week and – and like I think at first Queenie was kind of doing the like, okay, I'm showing up. Why am I not getting better? Uh, mm-hmm. And then she starts like, okay, time to, time to talk about the shit. Um, right. And because like ultimately, it's like you can go to therapy for two decades and never actually talk about what you need, like your actual issues. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think this was you're, uh, you're right, a very realistic portrayal of a lot of things, but like therapy as well. Absolutely. And I think like you know it's. Especially, like you said, right, her her grandma, when she says she thinks she needs to go to therapy, her grandma's like, that's not how we solve our problems. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, in our family, we go to church and you ask the Lord to help you and, you know, not you talking don't... to somebody. Right, right. Right. And then her grandpa kind of hears their, like, argument and is like, I think it would be fine if we maybe break this cycle of mm-hmm. things that aren't working and try to try something yes. new to see if it'll mm-hmm. work and you're like yes grandpa <laughs> very good thank you yes. so much uh-huh we love growth uh and that's hard because that's a part of you know in a lot of cultures it's seen as not really you know like mental illness is like yeah. what is that come on right it well it was something made up they kind of talk about it too because like they also had to see their daughter go through like so queenie's mom go through that yeah all that shit with Queenie's stepdad yeah and so they and like it was interesting that his her grandma was kind of like under this impression of oh that's just what you do this like that's part of it you just you're supposed to carry this around right like you're supposed to and like Queenie's like well I don't don't want to like yeah this sucks you know and um and so that was another interesting thing because like when she finally does have that like aha moment in therapy where she's finally honest about like her childhood and 
all of the shit she witnessed and had to go through and all of that. It was, and then she finally, she was like, she was talking about like, well, I want to be wanted. And if that means being fucked, then like, so be it. Right. And like that's, and then she said, she kind of was like excused. She goes, well, this is just how it is being a black woman mm-hmm. and all this stuff and all, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then, so the booktuber, I really enjoyed, um, the, her review left on red. Yeah. Um, she was like this, she goes, this was the word, like, she goes, this did not run me. She goes, I do not want other black girls reading this scene. Like, uh-huh. she was like, this is not like, and she was, like, I think it is just like a, like, it's not a positive, like, black excellence book. I think it is, like, I think mm-hmm. to a certain extent, very honest. But I saw a lot of people taking issue with that scene specifically of just like, yeah. like complacency, no. complacency. It was, and then it was also, yeah, and it was like that's kind of when she was like, "I won't date black men. I'm afraid of them. I yeah. like this is just how it is being a black woman." And it's like, no, you're kind of furthering something harmful there. Exactly, like yeah. you, yeah. So that was it. Was interesting. Like I appreciated um, getting that. Um, which I like, I mean, I kind of saw, but like also getting that perspective from someone else right. who can relate a little bit more. Right. Um, yeah. What did you yeah. think about uh, towards the end when I think she was using like a dating app and she meets a guy and she's like, he seems so nice. And, you know, he's not talking about hookups or anything like oh, that. God. Yeah. And then she goes on this date and you're thinking, wow, is this going to be like an actual good man? And then he gets her she- drunk. And they go home together to his house, Brilliant. and then he immediately starts being. So are you like opposite. one of those Black Lives Matter girls? Yeah. Well, he's like tastes like chocolate, right? Yeah. He like he and she's like, oh no, wait, 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 <laughs> hold on, hold on. Didn't she call him out too? Of like she why did, did, and then say he that? started. Yeah. yeah, and then he started. That's when he said, like, "Are you one of those Black Lives Matter people who like Ooh. blah blah blah?" And then he basically just shows his cards that he's like a white supremacist with a black mm-hmm. woman fetish, right? Yep. Um and you're like, yep, okay, another instance of a man being nice and turning out to still be racist and an asshole, right? Like mm-hmm. this And I is think the Queenie of women. And I think Queenie from like the middle slash earlier part of the book still would have slept with him. But she mm-hmm. had gone through enough like self reflection yeah. to get herself out of yeah. that. Of those Which cyclical. was like, and that mm-hmm. was very like that was definitely a show of like, okay, minor improvement, but still an improvement. She left. That was like, that was a significant uh, step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even like, oh, it, it was with she was with Darcy or Chess. Uh, who was she with before their date? And like, she showed the text messages to whoever she was with, and they were like, I think it was Cheska. And they were like, uh, this guy loves to hear himself talk. Like, yeah. he, like, good luck. Good luck on this one, you know? And He's probably a white man with a podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I, <laughs> I just thought, like, it was such a disappointing thing to read, but it was also, I think, something that Queenie needs to learn how to uh, expect. Right? Expect and identify. And- I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, like, there's a... She had this kind of naive um, view towards men 
at the beginning of the book, right? Like, oh, that he's not doing this because he's evil. He's just doing this because he likes that kind of vibe, right? Yeah. And after her growth and healing in therapy, you know, I, that scene should have been predictable to her, right? right? Not to like, you know, yeah, no, actually, I'll say it. Like, not to trust men. <laughs> like, men are not <laughs> trustable, right? Uh, yeah. And... I think after that experience, now she's a little more on guard when it comes to men because mm-hmm. now she's seen firsthand on multiple accounts how they can be very tricky just to get what they want mm-hmm. and not respect you but pretend they respect you. Yeah. So that was that was tough. But I think, like, Queenie's character – Group. Now has, yeah, has more. And I, I don't like to say, like, that trauma is the reason that we grow. Because yeah. I think people shouldn't have to have trauma to grow, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> At Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? All women do not have to be sexually assaulted to become powerful women. Yeah, literally. And we shouldn't have to say, oh, my God, you are so, like, strong and brave for getting through that. Like, the alternative is death, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. I just because I'm surviving doesn't mean that I should, you know, be. Have, yeah. Yeah. It, sh- it shouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have been what made me a strong person. Right. Was a moment of being vulnerable. Right. Being the victim, ultimately. Literally. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think, <laughs> and like, so she tried, and then at some point, I forget where in this sequence she tries to, she goes back to hers and Tom's old apartment. Mm hmm. And she's like, okay, it's been months now. Are you ready to get back together? And he oh has a God. new girlfriend. Oh, that was so rough. That was like another moment where you realize like, okay, Queenie's an unreliable narrator, right? Yeah. Like, she was like, because he was like, we broke up. And she was like, what? Mm-hmm. No, we were on a break. <laughs> and he's like, I thought I made this clear like yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. I just. That was hard. But yeah, he literally says it's too late, Queenie. It was too late months ago. I thought you got that. Yeah. And so it was interesting, too, because, like, I also got – I don't know, because, like, Queenie was under the impression that she – like, Tom really, really, really loved her and understood her and knew her. Right. But, like, we know through interactions with his family who were, like – Yeah, the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Assholes to Queenie. Like, he would just let it happen. He yeah, underlying his... racism there for him as well. Yes, exactly. To just let, like, that's just how it is. It's a different, the classic, it's a different generation. Like, yeah. you know, and it's like, they don't no. mean it that way. Like, no, no. they do. <laughs> they do. And you letting that happen and letting, like, that's not okay. And, like, in that sense, it's like, I think, like, that's kind of where a lot of people are coming from, where it's like interracial relationships, like, just, like, are very oh, hard. hard. Like, yeah hard to actually make that work and be like healthy for both people involved specifically the person of color involved you know and yeah uh yeah and so like i like and it was frustrating like reading about those experiences that queenie had with him and his family and her still being being like i want to get back together with him like in yeah. like you know like he's still the one he's still the one and it's like no like you deserve someone who will like call their racist uncle out and be like no yeah. we're leaving like fuck you and 
Yeah. And so I, and I think like through, by the end of the book, we see she's definitely on her path to getting to healing and actually figuring out how to love herself and Mm -hmm. keep people in her life who also love her and deserve her. But like, I think she's still a long ways away from like finding a partner who could actually match like what she needs and what she deserves. Right. Which absolutely, yeah, yeah. I th- I I thought those scenes with um, Tom's family were particularly hard because mm-hmm. you know because he used that you know they're a different generation thing like you said mm-hmm. right and I fucking hate that because yeah. it's like if anything they should have become more willing to learn what is right and what right. is wrong they had right. more time right? yeah I hate when people are like well. That's just the way that they were raised. Okay, well, they were raised like 70 fucking years ago, yeah. right? Like, they've had 78, 80 years to Learn. figure out, God damn, maybe I shouldn't say that because yeah. it hurts people, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, um, but yeah, it, it's depressing to see a character call something love when really it's not even mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Right. And again, that I think that was a very real experience that women uh, amongst other people can relate to, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I just think we see it m- most often in relationships, especially where men have dated women mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, men suck <laughs> like 90 <laughs> percent of the time, <laughs> maybe more than 90, probably but, more yeah. than 90 <laughs> percent. Yeah. Um. Did you have any favorite lines? I listened to it, so I wasn't really – and, like, I think I was just, like, traumatized the entire time, yeah, so I wasn't fair. paying right. attention to the lines. Yeah, I think there was – I had a hard time picking um, – like, I, I usually – my system of marking, right, is, like, plot points, things I liked, and then, mm-hmm. like, a favorite line that I want to look back to. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first, like, almost 300 pages of this book, I just I, – I didn't have a very – easy time saying oh I liked that line yeah um which usually I can find something but I was very much like this is very traumatic Mm -hmm. and none of it is written in a very beautiful you know how like some authors romanticize the things going on which Um, I'm glad she didn't no and I'm glad I was really having a feeling like oh no like I I overall like this book for what it is but how do I say I like it if I can't find anything to like about it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I have one that was on page 245. And this is when Queenie is, is in therapy. And mm-hmm. she's explaining what uh, her anxiety feels like. Mm-hmm. And she says, sometimes I feel frantic. And I feel like everything has just spun out of control, out of my hands. I don't know. Like, I feel a bit like for a while I've been carrying 10 balls of wool and one ball fell. So I dropped another to catch it, but still didn't catch it. Then two more started to unravel. And in trying to save those, I lost another one. Do you know what I mean? Sorry. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that is a very good description of like how anxiety feels. Yeah. Um, and, and so for that, I could definitely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fair I like that's a good line and I also just I won't read the quote but I like the part where um, Queenie's mom is explaining why she named her Queenie 
Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. she's just like, I looked at her and I realized that I that she was more powerful than any delicate princess I'd read about. That I'd just given birth to a queen. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, that's that's sweet, especially learning that towards the end of the novel instead of at the beginning, you know? Yeah. When um, she was actually in in the path to actually feeling like a queen, I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Rather than, you know, going through everything, she's now kind of over the hump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and doing some self-reflection. And I think that kind of knowledge at that point for her was probably positive, you know? Yeah. What do, um, you, do you think Cassandra deserves another chance? No. Yeah, fair. Yeah. I uh, Maybe it's just the boundaries that I've been setting with myself in mm-hmm. my uh, friendships and relationships and stuff over the past couple of years. But I think Generally, people deserve second chances for small things, right? I don't think that like was a big thing. Yeah, yeah, but that was a huge thing. That was, you know, that was her. She said, "Don't touch me, you slut." At one point, yeah. right? Like she chose the man w- over her friend and, of seven and the years. Man was in the wrong. Yeah, like yeah. Queenie didn't know anything. Like I, I can't stand when women would rather take the side of. In this case, I'm not even going to say their partner, but, like, take the side of the person who's in the wrong mm-hmm. because they like them on a different level than who's in the right, if that makes sense. Oof. I can you relate know? to that. And I think, like, we see that a lot in parasocial relationships with celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right? Like, yeah. Like, we will see someone say, oh, there was a rumor that he cheated. Well, I love him, so it's okay. No, uh, let's not do that. But I think I like that was my comparison with Cassandra here yeah. is like, you're not going to you're not even going to listen to your best friend of X amount of years mm-hmm. over a guy that you've known for three months and he's been cheating on you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, OK, come on. Um, so, no, I don't think. What about chance. what about Queenie's mom? Uh, I think I don't remember. The extent of whatever happened with trauma. them. Yeah. I think it was, parents are hard. Yeah, parents are hard. I mean, it was like they abandoned Queenie. They put her in a different yeah. apartment when she was like right. a preteen. Yeah. And, and then you're like, that's bad. But it was also to keep her from having to deal with her stepdad, which is also bad. Like, <laughs> it's, it's a it's, hard it's, situation. I mean, it's like almost sim- like it's not similar to Cassandra, but it's like also when you have the ability to like okay the their decisions were made from their own trauma and their own like issues and stuff it is it does become harder to like set those because it's like oh well like i understand why they made those those decisions or weren't strong enough to stand up to it or choose me or something like that but it's like oh it's like even with that understanding people still need to be held accountable for their actions yeah and even like cassandra when she comes back at the end at that dinner like queenie had to like are you going to apologize yeah and cassandra's like yeah you're right i'm sorry like it was very like uh i had to beg for it basically for you to just say i'm fucking sorry like come on no i i agree and that's why i think like with her mom it's so hard because it's like also like that's your parent you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm obviously not one to say that, like, oh, just because they're family, you have to, like, 
forgive and forget because I don't feel like that at all. No. <laughs> um, I think forgiving I, I, is different than forgetting. Like, agree. Agree. Yeah. I think you can – I think you can say – not that something is okay, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I think that you can say I have – been able to forgive you for this thing mm-hmm. but i will never allow this it. to happen like, yeah. yeah yeah and i and in in not forgetting it exactly i will never allow that to happen again i don't deserve to be treated like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that's a, another boundary thing and i think like queenie's character has a lot of boundaries set with her mom right like, yes and maybe not all of them are healthy but also not all of the stuff her mom did to her was healthy so there's a lot of back and forth that I think like having limits and boundaries with relationships in your life, like that can help yeah. in Queenie's sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have any further remarks or should we rate? Uh, I think just further remark, I think we made it pretty clear in this uh, podcast, but if you have not read this book yeah, and you're considering it, just really <laughs> fully consider all of the content uh that is in there it is a hard book to read like like that was that was rough it was rough um i don't think i would read it again i'm never but i again also don't think i'll forget it you know that's what the that's what the youtube people said they were like i can't recommend it i won't be reading it again uh, but I will never forget it. <laughs> yeah. Well, even like when I was, I pulled up my notes to review before we started recording and I was like, I looked at like one or two and I was like, no, I remember everything that happened in this. Mm-hmm. Maybe just not all the characters, but yeah, <laughs> but I remember like, and I think that says a lot about trauma. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that wasn't my trauma and I remember it. Yeah. So, um, I think it was a huge book on perspective. Yes. Yes. And I, I want to recommend too, like if you want to get a little more of an uh, intersectional perspective, like mm-hmm. checking out the booktubers um, Left on Red and another one, Comfy Cozy Up. <laughs> um, I, I really Cute. enjoyed their reviews as well. They have OP names. Those are mm-hmm. both great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well, okay. I think we're going to rate uh, five star scale been a while since it's just been the two of us rating something mm-hmm. uh what's your rating sammy i think i'm gonna do three out of five okay i think that's really fair yeah do you want to support your reasoning or i think the writing was, was really good enough <laughs> <laughs> i think the writing was really good um i do think like i don't know how much of it was like intent like the author was intending for so much of this to be so hard to read like, I don't know how much of, like, my reaction, like, my reasoning for three out of five stars was, like, on purpose, I guess. Yeah. But, like, again, I, I don't I, – I would pick up another book from this author because – but um, I think I would just be a little more aware of the trigger warnings and consider yeah. that before I actually, like, pick it up and read it. Yeah. Um. I think – you know how people – like, obviously, neither of us have read A Little Life still. I know. I was about um, to say. I'm like, they call it trauma porn. They call it trauma porn. And I think a lot of times I'm read that one. So I'm not going to specifically talk on that, but I know Mm -hmm. like it ends with us. A lot of people call that trauma porn. And Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to call something trauma porn when it's something that really does happen to people. 
Yeah. Like, it ends with us. I don't see his trauma porn at all. You guys can say whatever you want about Coho. I, I don't, <laughs> I like, I, I in, have enjoyed reading the few books of hers that I have read. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can just say, oh, it, it ends with, why does she like to romanticize trauma? So, it, no, it's about it's her about mom. Trauma. It's about like, her it's, mom. Yeah. Her mom mm. went through exactly what she read, what, what she wrote, it ends with us about. So I don't think you can say, like, she's just romanticized. No, she's showing the reality of being in this situation, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, that's what Candace Cardi Williams did in Queenie. It's not necessarily like, oh, I'm showing you all this stuff so you feel the trauma of this character. It's a little bit about that, but it's also showing this is real shit that happens to real people and real people live every day having had this happen to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm making you read it to understand yeah. what some people go through. Mm-hmm. And I think like that's... That's like a key point. And so that's why when you're reading it, you feel like, oh, my God, this is so much. And it's like, yeah, how do you think that feels to the person who, you know, is actually living that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I I think a three is really fair because there's a lot of aspects to enjoying a book. And this was not an enjoyable book to read, but it had a purpose. Right. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. um, for me, I think I'm I, I was leaning more towards a four. Mm-hmm. Like a three and a half or a four. Um, but not right after I finished it. Because right after I finished it, I was like, man, this book was like kind of extremely hard to read. And I don't know if I necessarily even liked it. Right? Yeah. I think that um, was the common consensus was like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. Right. And it was a very quick read, but kind of mm-hmm. hard to get through, you know. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I saw – so much reality in Queenie's experience yeah. that I was like, there's a level that you have to, um, you know, praise an author for, for making yeah. something fictional feel so real mm-hmm. and acknowledging things that aren't often acknowledged to that extent. Was mm-hmm. it painful to read? Yeah, like, I wouldn't say my overall reading experience was a five, right? Right. But I would say, like, the story for what it was and the book for what it was. Mm-hmm. In, I, I, Like, I feel like I have to give it a four. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's, that's – mathing is math. Mm-hmm. 3.5. Look at that math right there. You did that. Sam, that's cool. Come on. You can, you're better than this. I'm really not. Like, <laughs> I think really? you were assuming a little bit too much of me. That um, is a uh, second grade level math right there. Come on. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't use math in my everyday life. Come on. True. Ever. Maybe not okay. even once. Okay. You are in the restaurant industry. Like, are you good with tipping and that type of stuff? Oh, yeah. No. I can I can do what's 20% of this amount. Okay. You, then you should be able to do this. But no? I think that's the only math that I use consistently. If I'm yeah. Gonna, like, I don't think I even I'm trying to think like in my job I don't think Mm -hmm. I use math at all yeah the only time I type a number in is if I'm like billing a client Mm -hmm. (laughs) but there's no math it does the math for me yeah (laughs) okay Uh, but anyways 
Uh, I think that's where we're going to leave it for this episode. Before we part, we'd just like to thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, (laughs) I encourage you to leave a review on whichever platform you're listening on, if applicable. If you have any further questions regarding topics discussed throughout the episode, feel free to join our Hardcover Hose Discord server via the link in the show notes or send us an email at hardcoverhosepod at gmail.com. Feel free to recommend books to cover in future episodes as well. As always, I am Sam Dixon. I'm Sammy Scorstead. And this has been an episode of Hardcover Hose. If you enjoyed this listening experience and you'd like to follow along with us next time, the next book on our to-be-read list is Braiding Sweetgrass by Robin Wall Kimmerer. Until we meet again, enjoy your reading.